The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And I have a furry uh, family member. Right, I do, I do. Okay, um, welcome aboard. (laughs) It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Monday here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to the Steve Malzberg show uh, or watching as the case may be. Okay, first of all, if you were with me last week, you know we did a lot on that congressional hearing uh, with the three university presidents, UPenn president, Harvard president, MIT president, and Elise Stefanik, the great, great congresswoman from the state of New York, Republican, who's not Jewish, who was questioning those three on threats of genocide on campus. And does that qualify as violation of campus hate speech rules? And, you know, all of them, well, depend that they were they were pathetic. They were pathetic, all three of them. The good news is, and uh, that is that Elizabeth McGill, who was the president of the University of Pennsylvania, has resigned. She resigned on Saturday. So that's good news. Unfortunately, she's going to remain in charge until they find another president. And doubly unfortunate, she's going to remain on as a law professor at the university. But at least she's not the president anymore or won't be. Okay. Now, a lot of disgruntled faculty members over at UPenn. Gee, what a surprise. And at Harvard, a lot of people would love to see President Gay kicked out because she was worse or as bad as McGill at the hearings um, when it came to anti-Semitism and cries for genocide. And um, you now have, I believe it's up to 700 Harvard professors, again, What a surprise who are supporting in a letter are supporting President Gay. I mean, it. of course, you can't make it up. If it was different, though, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. A lot of pressure on her to resign. I don't think she's going anywhere. Uh, But now there's some accusations of plagiarism on her part in the past, where she allegedly took whole paragraphs of other people's work and used it as her own. Mm, We'll get to that in a second. But there's, oh, so much more to get to. And uh, where to start? Saturday Night Live did a skit on the hearing. But before we get to the skit, uh, I want you to to, to, uh, hear something uh, with uh, President Gay of Harvard something we did not play last week. It's one one cut with Elise Stefanik, and I think it's pretty important. It involves the funding for uh, Middle East studies at Harvard, the funding for Middle East studies at Harvard. You would think the president of the university might have a freaking clue where that funding comes from. We're dealing with President Gay. Um, And here is cut 114. Harvard receives funding from foreign entities and governments which support its Middle East Studies Department, correct? We receive funding from a variety of sources because we have alumni from all over the world. But that is correct, right? The Middle Eastern Studies Department? We receive funding from various sources. It's a yes or no. Are you not aware where the Middle Eastern Studies Department receives funding? We receive funding from various sources. I am asking you a yes or no question. 
You were under oath in front of the United States Congress. You were giving lip service provided your attorneys. It's a yes or no question. Harvard receives funding from foreign entities and governments which support its Middle Eastern Studies Department, correct? We have alumni all over the world, and we benefit so the from, their, correct. from their yes. philanthropy. Yes, the answer is correct. We receive support from and our alumni from all over the and world, that support, from individuals. And what amount of support is that reported to the federal government? I'd have to actually look at our filings. You I, don't know? As the president of the university, you don't know? Not that particular number. It's no, $1.5 billion over the past three years. Are you aware of that? I don't know if that is the correct number, but that's the number you've shared. $1.5 billion over the past three years from foreign entities. I doubt that it's Israel providing that aid or the bulk of that aid. And she, again, she won't answer a question. Well, why should she? You know, she sees the FBI director, the Homeland Security director go before Congress and bullcrap their way around without giving an answer. So I guess she figures, why should I? I'm President Gay. Okay. All right. I just wanted to get that on the record. I mean, the, the, the nerve. Are you or aren't you? Do you want to, do you do you know that or don't you? We have it's a yes or no question. Are you aware? We have that. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Okay, and it all speaks to the larger question of what the hell's going on at our universities, and I think we're we're now seeing it, and this puts a spotlight on the universities, and we got a lot to get to today. Now, Saturday Night Live. Add it again. And I'll explain what I mean by add it again after I show you a couple of clips of what they did. Again, mocking the hearing. But they didn't mock the feckless, disgusting, despicable presidents of the university. They mocked Elise Stefanik. But of course, but of course. So here is cut 115. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now, I'm going to start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. The second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up, do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? <laughs> winning this hearing <laughs> somebody pinch me <laughs> mm -hmm. pretty disgusting don't you think i mean she didn't behave like that at all uh and i don't know what the, well i do know what their problem is i do know what their problem is uh here's the next uh, cut cut 116 i am here 
today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, <laughs> in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. <laughs> so, Dr. Gay, simple question. Is it acceptable for students to use anti-Semitic language? On this subject, I'd like to speak not from the heart, but from the thesaurus. <laughs> that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And could you rephrase that in an even more academic way? Sure. That variety of odious oration is vis-a-vis -vis me repugnant. <laughs> now, what measures are you taking to protect Jewish students at Harvard? Okay. All right, so that's, that's worth mocking. Now, before we go on, I want to point out there's a story at Mediaite that Ces Cecily Strong, Cecily Strong, who um, she's been at, at um, she's a former cast member, she was supposed to come back. She was supposed to be the one to do this skit and be Elise Stefanik. She was supposed to sit in that chair and do that. And according to this, uh, during dress rehearsal on Saturday, she backed out. She backed out because she could see what this was. She could see how this was going to be ripped apart and torn apart and how pathetic and disgusting it was. Um, it opened with a sketch, da 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 Stefanik was new cast member Chloe Trost, who portrayed her as blah, 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 blah. All right. So according to the report, Strong backed out at the last minute after expressing some hesitation at going through with the live broadcast. A TV source told The Post that Strong was uncomfortable with the sketch. Another insider said there were a variety of reasons. And last minute, Cecily pulled out of the cold open. So there you go. Good for her. Good for her. Now, if that wasn't mocking anti-Semitism, okay, and doing their best to promote it by mocking the legitimate questions and presentation of Stefanik, okay, and that's why I said at it again, because this isn't the first time. And Michael Che, who you'll see in a second, uh, He's been involved in at least two, well, three incidents, two that I consider to be anti-Semitic. One of them uh, took place in 2021. There was actually a some kind of cockamamie contest called Miss Hitler. OK, and the smug, arrogant Michael Shea couldn't wait for this. Here is cut. 117. Israel is reporting that they vaccinated half of their population. And I'm uh, going to guess it's the it's Jewish half. <laughs> okay. That, uh, da, 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 da. oh, that's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. Uh, that was, um, well, I don't know where the other one is. That's, that's the set. That was another example I was going to present. I said there were two. There you go. This was during the pandemic. Israel said that they vaccinated at least half their population. And of course, he guessed which one was the Jewish. I guess it was the Jewish half. Um, and of course, Israel responded to that saying, 
every citizen of Israel was given equal access to vaccinations. But that was a that was a shot, an anti-Semitic shot, and it was bullcrap. Okay, and uh, I'm look just looking at my um, at my little uh, thingamajig here. Um, that that uh, okay. Well, I thought I had him saying that as well about Miss Israel. I don't have it, but I do have a screenshot. I want to put up a screenshot. I'm going to talk over it. Uh, if you could see this, this is not the first time I've criticized the folks at Saturday Night Live. Look, 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 Breitbart. Look what it says. Steve Malsberg rips Michael Shea for anti-Semitism, and also I took up Jake Tapper for something I've mentioned on this show before. Um, yeah, Breitbart put me up there. What do you know? So his other thing was there was a, a Mrs. Miss Hitler contest, and which was despicable and horrific. And he said the winner was Miss Israel. Okay, so he obviously has a freaking problem. And whoever wrote that skit mocking Elise Stefanik also has a freaking problem. And I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Shea wrote it. I don't know who wrote it. They say he's also a big writer on the show. I don't know who wrote it, but it wouldn't shock me one little bit. Now, not only anti-Semitic, but while Donald Trump was president in 2017, while he was the sitting president, this creep Michael Shea um, said this about Donald Trump. Here's cut 118. After the mayor of San Juan criticized the government's Puerto Rican relief efforts, President Trump attacked her on Twitter, saying the mayor of San Juan, who was very complimentary only a few days ago, has now been told by the Democrats that you must be nasty to Trump. <laughs> oh, really, Donald? You bitch. <laughs> was she nasty to you? How nasty? Are you shaking? You want to go smoke a Virginia Slim until your hand stops moving? <laughs> This isn't that complicated, man. It's hurricane relief. These people need help. You just did this for white people twice. Do the same thing. Go tell Melania to put on her flood heels, get some bottled water, some food, pack up some extra Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl t-shirts, and write them a check with our money, you cheap cracker. All right, of course, cracker, cracker to me and to many is the same as calling a black person the N-word. You know, of course, Shay and many will deny it, but that's what it is, a cracker. Uh, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, was caught on camera either just, I think just after he announced he was running for mayor or just before he announced. And he was talking about how he had to deal with, oh, because he was a cop and he had to deal with all those white crackers and he had to apologize. But, you know, it, it, again, it's the double standard. Of course. So we call the sitting president of the United States a racist term, in my view, and a bitch. Fine. Rips Israel. Equates Hitler with Israel. And of course, this Elise Stefanik thing was way over the top and outrageous. And it's getting ripped to shreds all over um, at least conservative media uh, and some some that you'd be surprised in the mainstream media as well. So shame, shame, shame again, again, again on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, Lord Michaels and NBC, they're the ultimate ones who are responsible for this. They allow it to go on air. Then I guess they have no problem with it. I guess they have no problem with it. Now, I'd say, would they do that to Christians? And of course, the answer is yes. Yes. Would they do that to Muslims? 
And the answer is no, is no. And would a sitting Democrat president be called a bitch? Would a sitting Democrat president be called a cracker? Would a sitting black president be called the N-word? You know the answers to all those questions. This is the media. This is entertainment, quote unquote. This is the bullcrap as it exists, as it's always existed. But it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. That's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Got to accept it for what it is. Okay, let us uh, move on. Now, um, one more, and this guy belongs on Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, Jamie Raskin, the the uh, the extremely liberal, wacko Democrat congressman, was on with Ali Velshi of all people on MSNBC, former Al Jazeera Ali Velshi. Need I say much more? Uh, and they were talking about um, all the the universities, and it gets to the presidents, and it gets to Stefanik. Watch this one, 124. With lax Republican gun laws across the country, we've got to take very seriously anybody who's making any kind of violent threats, especially genocidal threats. Having said that, uh, where does Elise Stefanik get off lecturing anybody about anti-Semitism when she's the hugest supporter of Donald Trump, who traffics in anti-Semitism all the time? She didn't utter a peep of protest when he had Kanye West and Nick Fuentes over for dinner. Nick Fuentes, who doubts whether October 7th even took place because he thinks it was some kind of suspicious propaganda move by the Israelis. And the Republican Party is filled with people who are entangled with anti-Semitism like that. And yet somehow she gets on her high horse and lectures a Jewish college president from MIT. You are, um, as I say, the one thing about talking to you, sir, is you are always uh, intellectually consistent and we are all smarter for uh, hearing from you. Jamie Raskin, may we speak many, many more times. <laughs> what a shock that the Al Jazeera alum uh, is in love with the intellectual honesty of, uh, of uh, Congressman Raskin, who turns this whole thing around and guess what he does? He turns it all around and he blames it on Republicans and Trump. Trump's the anti-Semite. And because of Republicans and gun laws or lack thereof, that's why we really have to be careful about what's going on on campus. You know, again, a, a non sequitur, just just gratuitously throwing anything out there, anything out there that that will fly, that, that comes out of his mouth, because he knows that at the end, Ali Velshi will say, you are just such an intellect. We're so honored to have you. Please, please promise, swear, swear, pinky swear, swear in blood that you will come back. You're such an intellect. We must have your voice back. No matter what he says, Trump, Trump's the anti-Semite, at least Stefanik, she's the anti-Semite. Oh, good. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. That's the answer. Wow, 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 wow. Bill Maher. Bill Maher on HBO Real Time with Bill Maher. And we got some more from him a little bit later on or tomorrow, depending on when we get to it, because we do have a guest, a special guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Bill Maher uh, talking about the whole situation, the double standard when it comes to anti-Semitism as opposed to other things. 
And uh, here he is, cut 119. Look, I'm always going to be on the side of as far as you can push free speech. Yep. And, and of course, as you say, there's already limits to some life speech, yeah. and violence and so forth. You fire in a crowded theater. Okay, so it's not absolute. What bothers me is the double standard. Oh, my God, yeah. That can you imagine? I mean, okay, say they don't want to say kill the Jews, mm -hmm. but I certainly have heard chanted, fuck the Jews. Mm -hmm. Fuck the Jews. Can you imagine saying fuck the and any other? I'm not going to say any other group because they'll, they'll cl clip the tape and I'll live with that forever. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, I cannot think of any other group that oh, you yeah. could say fuck the blank and, and have it be acceptable. Yep, he's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And and let me let me tell you about the the uh, the, the Harvard. I mean, some of the double standard stuff is just just unbelievably outrageous um the, the plagiarism first of all the 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 inconsistencies this this the president gay at harvard helped run out a professor who said something about uh, the about blacks or something i mean just in passing and he was a threat he was a threat he had to go um okay so here we have uh, the free beacon washington free beacon and this is pretty interesting um, in four papers published between 1993 and 2017, including her doctoral dissertation, Gay, a political science a scientist, paraphrased or quoted nearly 20 authors, including two of her colleagues in Harvard University's Department of Government without proper attribution, according to the Washington Free Beacon analysis. Other examples of possible plagiarism, all from Gay's dissertation, were publicized Sunday by the Manhattan Institute's Christopher Rufo. Okay, the Free Beacon worked with nearly a dozen scholars to analyze 29 potential cases of plagiarism. Most of them said Gay had violated a core principle of academic integrity, as well as Harvard's own anti-plagiarism policies, which state that Quote, it's not enough to change a few words here and there, end quote. In her 1997 thesis, for example, she borrowed a full paragraph from a paper by the scholars Bradley Palmquist, then political science professor at Harvard, and Stephen Voss, one of Gay's classmates, in her PhD program at Harvard, while making only a couple of alterations, including changing their decrease, quote unquote, to increase because she was studying a different set of data. The four papers that include plagiarized material comprise a sizable portion of Gay's academic work. There's more. You get the picture? Hey, you know, a little plagiarism. A little plagiarism never hurt anybody. Don't we all do it? I'm sure she was the most qualified, the most intelligent, the best person for this job when she got it in July. I'm sure there was nobody more qualified than this woman. And if the Washington Free Beacon can find, not that there's anything wrong with them, if they could spend the time and they could find this, why couldn't her superiors who were judging her for this position do that? Maybe she fit a bunch of check marks, checked enough boxes. Bingo, she's in. What a world. What a world. And later on, after the guest, we're going to hear from Fareed Zakaria, liberal Fareed Zakaria on CNN, talking about how screwed up our universities and education have become in this country.
And this, I'm glad this is shining a spotlight on people like her and all of this. Will it matter when 700 professors are in support of her? I guess they like plagiarists. I guess they like people who don't care about anti-Semitism and genocide against Jews. I guess it reveals who they are. All right, we're coming back. Steve Malsberg, right here on TNT Radio. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. journalists are paying with their lives. They faced exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Tout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Steve Malsberg with you on TNT. And we welcome back a friend of the show. I'm very happy to say the Reverend Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Centers, also the author of a book, uh, several books, but we'll talk about this one because uh, Christmas is right around the corner. If you haven't noticed, it's called uh, Christmas That We Might Have Life. Reverend, I welcome you back, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's an honor. Well, the, the honor's mine. All right. So 
Let's talk about this. And you and I, you've been on several times and we've talked about the the arson attacks, the attacks from the left against uh, your centers and other centers, pro-life centers and uh, and the injustice of 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 not getting uh, any, you know, at, at first, none of these cases coming to fruition, especially yours in Buffalo took so yep. long and yep. it seemed half hearted and whatnot. Well, now we have a, a, a case um, in um, Madison, Wisconsin. And this is at the Wisconsin Family Action Group, uh, which is uh, going to file a, a an impact statement in a sentencing because they uh, had their facility uh, attacked by an arsonist. And this past week, a U.S. District Judge, Judge William Connolly, accepted a plea deal in the case. And that plea deal um I believe is going to uh, lessen the sentence, whatever it might be, for the arsonist, a gentleman named, I shouldn't say gentleman, uh, but nonetheless, uh, his name is uh, Hirindu Roy Chowdhury, who firebombed that pro life Madison, Wisconsin uh, center. So yeah. talk about this and, and how this just isn't right. Well, there's there's so much wrong here. This is basically a, I believe it's a ploy uh, by by the FBI and the DOJ <clears throat> to throw off the scent uh, that they're that they're actually you know aiding and abetting Antifa sympathizers. And, you know, look, there have been 310 attacks, over 310 attacks on pro-life entities over the last 19 months, and there have been zero convictions. This being potentially the first. Okay, this is and this was a plea deal. So they find this guy. Uh, they're, they're, the, the first real firebombing that happened happened in Madison, Wisconsin, and it was the people that took responsibility for it were called themselves Jane's Revenge, which was basically a front group for Antifa, which is what uh, our, 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 everybody recognizes now. Uh, this is now the FBI just uh, two weeks ago started to call this activity domestic terrorism. It took them 18 months to figure that out, but we've been saying it since the beginning. This is domestic terrorism. This is Antifa, pro-abortion Antifa. Well, they finally caught the guy attempting to flee the country. He is a PhD biochemist with a very lucrative career in Madison, Wisconsin, okay? Um, and he's attempting to flee the country. He's got the means to flee the country through uh, Portland, Maine, by uh, in, out of Boston Logan International Airport, one-way ticket to Guatemala, okay? And uh, there's the, the, DNA, the DNA evidence at the scene of the crime says that there were three people involved. This is the first of, of, of all the firebombings they issue a, the Jane's Revenge issues a Marxist communique basically saying, look, we did it. And if pro, pro-life pregnancy centers don't shut down within 30 days, we're going to firebomb you too. And they firebombed us on day 30, Steve, you know that. Uh, and and yep. so we've been saying for, for all along, and, and they took responsibility for that one in another communique. So we're saying, look, I went to the FBI and said, do you think that they're connected? And they said, oh, no, they're not connected. Well, how, well, they, well Jane's Revenge says they're connected. Why don't you say they're connected? Um, our, our, our private investigators that we had to hire because you weren't doing their job say they're, they're connected. And so Roy Chowdhury, uh, you know, is, is found. He is uh, indicted, but he's not indicted on an act of domestic terrorism. He's not indicted for an act of conspiracy. He's not indicted on either stuff. He's getting, getting the, the federal prosecutors are recommending a lighter sentence for a lighter crime. Why? Because he simply admitted. This is what the DOJ press release says. He simply admitted that he was involved in the firebombing. Um, so, and here's here's the here's the icing on the cake. 
not only is this the first and only conviction uh, of, of, of these attacks, but you've got at the, at the federal level, you've got the, a federal judiciary grant that's paying for his private defense. OK, so the prosecutors, the federal prosecutors are recommending a letter sentence from the DOJ and they're paying you and I, the taxpayers, are paying for his defense. I need to interrupt for a second, Reverend. Is this a public defender or is this some no, kind of other? No. Well, this what is, is this? Explain it. I'm not familiar with th with this. This is a private attorney. Uh, Joseph Bugney is his name, and he works for a private law firm that gets funded by uh, subsidized by the federal judiciary grant in order to pay for you know high, you know pay for higher end attorneys' fees for the poor when the poor commit crimes. Okay, this guy's not poor. Okay, he he's he's got a PhD. He's a biochemist. He's got a career. He he has the means to flee the country, and yet and yet somehow or other he's getting this money. Uh, to pay for his defense, and he's he's facing instead of twenty years in prison and, and and multiple fines, he's facing five years in prison and no fines. But you compare that. I mean, look at that. Like you compare that to what you know the, the U.S. District Court um, in D.C. is doing to these pe peaceful pro-life people, like this seventy-five-year-old grandmother who uh, was simply exercising her freedom of, of of speech in front of an abortion clinic. They're throwing a book at her. Eleven years in prison, two hundred fifty thousand dollars fines. You've got to be kidding me. For what? For conspiracy to violate. Uh, right. This is what they say. What right? The, the, in, in federal court, you cannot construe a right of abortion from the Constitution. This is what the Dobbs case said a year ago, June. And, and so what, what are they construing? What right are they? Are, is she violating by exercising her freedom of speech? So this whole thing is a kangaroo. Sh it's a sham. Wow. The DOJ uh, is basically making a mockery of the court system and, and attacking pr peaceful pro-life people. And you talk about uh, two two assist two levels of justice, you know, for 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 one side and the other. I mean, there's not a, a more blatant example. But I got to tell you, I've never heard. I I know I know about public defenders. I know that they exist for the poor. I, I don't know how they would pick and choose who, which quote unquote poor people, even though he doesn't qualify according to you, and I'm sure that's correct um, as poor. Uh, I, I wonder how one would qualify as a poor person to get this private law firm working for you, subsidized by the government, when not everybody who's poor does. I mean, I, I never, I really never heard of that. That's a whole another fascinating uh, uh, avenue of this. But I mean, what message? Does this send to 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 the people who are going to do this again? It says you've got a wide open door. It says we're going to treat you with kid gloves. It says we're going to we're going to slap your wrist and we're going to take care of everything. You won't have to worry about the cost for for attorney's fees. You won't have to worry about, uh, you know, you, you know, losing your career. Well, we got you set up. We're, we're, we've got your back. And that that's what it says. And, 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 and that's why these crimes are happening in left-leaning states like Wisconsin and New York, because they know they're going to get treated with kid gloves. They're going to be the, the, the law enforcement is going to look the other way. And if they do happen to get caught and, and the FBI and DOJ is forced to have to arrest somebody, then they're going to, they're going to get off easy because all these, all these, you know, district judges like this one, um, Connolly, he was appointed, appointed, I think he was a, an Obama appointee. You've got, uh, you know, all these district court judges in like DC, for example, Colleen, uh, Colleen Cop, Collar Cottley, I believe her name is. She's the one that's construing a, a, a right to abortion through the 13th Amendment, if you can believe that, which is the amendment that says you can't enslave people. You're construing a right to abortion from the 13th Amendment? You, and, and this basically is, wow. is, is a play out of the Antifa playbook, Marxist Antifa playbook. Why? Because they are saying 
that people who stand in the way of women getting abortions are enslaving them and making them a permanent socioeconomic under socioeconomic underclass by forcing them to have their babies. That's what they're saying. And Colleen Kyler Connolly out of district court in DC is 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 look, she's an Antifa sympathizer. How, how can you construe anything else? Look, you know, Reverend, this this goes right into what we what I've been talking about, you know, and and, and a lot of people have been talking about uh, going on on college campuses and the performance yes. uh, by those three college professors. I mean, the, this is who these people are. This is what yes. the education system has been has been producing. And now they're on yes. the court. Now they're running universities. Now they're in charge of everything here, there, and everywhere else. And 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 this we're 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 we're, we're suffering the repercussions of it. Well, what we found with our, our private investigators is that um, Antifa has the foot soldiers, the Red Guard foot soldiers that they support, but then they've got the mid-level people that actually support the, the foot soldiers, which are typically in colleges and universities. When's the last time a college university campus got attacked by Antifa? Why? Because they're supporting them. They're, they're basically a hub. Um, and and you, look, you look at, now the question becomes, Roy Chowdhury, for example, is getting off, but did he finger his accomplices? I mean, we've been saying for for months that that the, the firebombing in Madison is related to the firebombing in Buffalo that occur, that happened to us. Right. Uh, wh- who are his accomplices? Are they are they mid level? Are they high level? Are, I, we know these these people are organized. This is a multi level multinational Marxist insurgency, and people need to wake up and, and smell the burnt toast. It's happening. And you would think that as part of any kind of lowering of the uh, the, the possible sentencing, he would have to cooperate. He would have to give up information. Uh, yes. But- Apparently, that's not the way it works. It's it is so so frightening. Now let let's uh, let, let's talk about your book because I think um, uh, Christmas that we might have life. And you know I'm Jewish and and you're you're uh, you're not, <laughs> and, and uh, we come from different uh, beliefs and all. But I think we have a, a, a lot in common. Talk about uh, what people who might uh, pick up that book hopefully uh, will find. Well, they're they're Christmas reflections. And, you know, coming from the Judeo-Christian heritage, we believe that mankind is made in the image of God, which is the basis for our human dignity, which is why we treat each other with respect, uh, which is why we protect each other's lives uh, from from the, the point of fertilization to natural death. We were in the mind of God from eternity past. This is what we believe. And so, <clears throat> you know, we, as Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ and the coming and the coming of the Messiah, uh, when he, he took he took on flesh, which basically deepened further deepened our dignity as human as humans because god god took on flesh and 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 further dignified the the human condition but beyond that he came to save us he 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 placed a value on humanity okay and that value is his own blood which is invaluable infinitely and so as christians we 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 say all all human beings are infinitely and invaluable and therefore inviolable not to be violated so christian christmas time is a time to reflect on 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 the, the the deep and rich heritage we have in understanding what it means to be human under God and how to live that out day to, day by day. And when you talk about the Judeo-Christian uh, ethic and morals and and way of life, uh, everything that we discuss, you and I, and it it seems like every almost everything I discuss every night um, is is trying to defend those uh, morals and values and way of life against uh, those who are trying to uh, tear it down. I mean, look what they're doing to uh, House Speaker Johnson. Uh, they yeah. call him every name in the book. Why? Because he's a he's a Christian with his own beliefs. Yep, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, we 
we, in order to rehumanize society, we've got to get back to a common understanding about what it means to be human. And it can't come from a man. It has to come from outside of mankind. Uh, who, who That's God. And he's the one that basically tells tells the world what it means to be good, what what righteousness is, and what wickedness is. Therefore, and so we 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 know from him and his revelations, his self disclosure to us through the scriptures, what it means to be human and how how we should behave towards one another. And we've lost that in our country. We've got to get it back. Well, tell uh, folks, uh, is it, this an ebook? I believe. Currently, it's an ebook form. We are working on, on getting it published, uh, and that'll, that'll probably happen next week. But if, if people want to learn how to get a hold of it, they go to Amazon.com uh, and, and type in the title of the book, Christmas, uh, That We Might Have Life, or they can go to uh, 2ximpact.life. That's the number two, the letter X, and the, and the word impact.life, and they can get a free uh, copy of the ebook with a gift of any amount to the organization. Excellent. Reverend Jim Harden, I thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, meaningful, uh, safe holiday Christmas with your family and a great 2024. And I look forward to 2024 for when we uh, hopefully will speak again. Me too. God bless. Thank you. All right, folks. Uh, very interesting. And, you know, the, 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 the book, it seems so, you know, the, the spirituality, again, no matter what religion you are, uh, it's 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 something that we could all agree on uh, 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 the essence of it all. Uh, I shouldn't say all agree on, because if you support Hamas, <laughs> then you can't, I don't think you agree on it. Um, but um, it's it just something that's so sorely needed. And of course, that case, the sentencing and and the, the, the DNA showing three people involved in that attack on that pro-life center in Wisconsin. And this guy getting a lighter sentence simply because he admitted he did the crime, but not giving any of the, uh, his accomplices up. It's, it's mind boggling, but it's the way we are. It's on the bench. It's in the college president's office. It's all over our society. It was slowly brewing and slowly brewing where the left were teaching their students and now there's some of the teachers and many of the students are in charge, in charge. And they're not just on the left. They're radical, radical leftists. And it's just what Barack Obama has been waiting for. And they, you know, the people like AOC, well, AO, yeah, I shouldn't even put AOC. AOC doesn't know what she's, in my opinion, you know, I remember early on in her congressional career, she was talking about how, Oh, I'm for the Palestinian. Uh, I'm against the occupation. She was interviewed one on one and, on PBS. And so the, the uh, interviewer said, could you explain more? What the, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get this for you. Um, well, I'm not the expert on this, but <laughs> just, you can't make it up. You just can't. Okay, we have one final segment left in the hour. I want you to hear from Fareed Zakaria. Again, going back to what's happened to our education system in this country and how we're in big, big trouble, folks. Uh, right here, Steve Malsberg on TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. Good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought, I deserve a coffee. 
and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Steve M Talk, Facebook.com slash Steve M Talk, um, Instagram Steve M Talk. Email me at Steve, not at Steve Malsberg uh, at TNT Radio dot live. Yeah, okay. All right, so there you go. Now, let's get to um, Fareed Zakaria. You know him from CNN, big leftist. But on this issue, on this issue of education and our universities, um, I'm very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised. Let's go to cut 125. When one thinks of America's greatest strengths, the kind of assets the world looks at with admiration and envy, America's elite universities would long have been at the top of that list. But the American public has been losing faith in these universities for good reason. Three university presidents came under fire this week for their vague and indecisive answers when asked whether calling for the genocide of Jews would violate their institution's codes of conduct. But to understand their performance, we have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. People sense the transformation. As Paul Tuff has pointed out, the share of young adults who said a college degree was very important fell from 74% in 2013 to just 41% in 2019. I mean, that, that is huge. That is huge, that drop-off. And now, <laughs> I mean, now? Who, who wants to, you want to send your son to Harvard? MIT, UPenn, or any of the other schools that are overrun by Hamas supporters? Is that what you want to do? You want to send your kid there? Jewish or not Jewish? That's where you want your kid going? Wow. I'm telling you, the whole thing is so messed up, and I'm so impressed. Although I don't agree with everything Fareed Zakaria had to say here, and I don't agree with hardly anything he has to say usually, uh, he recognizes what's going on. Here's cut 126. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. It started with the best of intentions. Colleges wanted to make sure young people of all backgrounds had access to higher education and felt comfortable on campus. But those good intentions have morphed into a dogmatic ideology and turned these universities into places where the pervasive goals are political and social engineering, not academic merit. As the evidence produced for the recent Supreme Court case on affirmative action showed, 
Universities have systematically downplayed merit-based criteria for admissions in favor of racial quotas. Some universities' response to this ruling seems to be that they will go further down this path, eliminating the requirement for any standardized tests like the SAT. That move would allow them to then take students with little reference to objective criteria. Of course, those who would suffer most would be bright students from poor backgrounds who normally use tests like the SAT to demonstrate their qualifications. Absolutely. But what has the SAT become? Oh, it's racist. It's biased against blacks, against this, against that. It's a, it shouldn't be taken into consideration. You know, let's just let's just talk to kids and, and find out how tough they had it growing up and let's let them in. The qualified students, the smart students who use the standard that's always been used, screw them. Even the poor ones. You see, it's it's so. And this is what they've been able to do. This is what they've been able to do. Even if it means throwing poor kids aside, poor qualified kids aside. Because they're qualified based on the traditional exams, which somehow, again, the radical left has declared to be, because they say so, racist. You know, of course, that's baloney. That's nonsense. All right, here is cut 127. In the humanities, hiring for new academic positions now appears to center on the race and gender of the applicant, as well as the subject matter, which needs to be about marginalized groups. A white man studying the American presidency does not have a prayer of getting tenure at a major history department in America today. Grade inflation in the humanities is rampant. At Yale, the median grade is now an A. New subjects crop up that are really political agendas, not academic fields. You can now major in diversity, equity, and inclusion at some colleges. The ever-growing bureaucracy devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion naturally recommends that more time and energy be spent on these issues. The most obvious lack of diversity at universities, political diversity, which clearly affects their ability to analyze many issues, is never addressed, showing that these goals are not centrally related to achieving or sustaining or building excellence. He's right on target. The majors in, this, in, in, the, in these universities, and if you're white and you're studying the, you know, the, the presidency and you want to be a professor and get tenure, no way. It's a, it's a different world. It's a dangerous world. It's an agenda-driven world. Folks, we've got People all across this country in high school that cannot read up to grade level, cannot do math up to grade level, and cannot write coherently up to grade level. And by me saying that and expecting that they should be able to, that's now racist. Okay? That's how screwed up this country is. And if we give, I know it get political, but if, if it's another four years for Biden slash Harris or or Newsom slash Harris or Harris slash whatever, and God forbid they should get a hold of the uh, the uh, this, the uh, House as well as the Senate, this country's over. I mean, over as we have known it. It's almost over as we have known it now. Here's 128. Having gone so far down the ideological path, 
these universities and these presidents could not make the case clearly that at the center of a university is the free expression of ideas and that while harassment and intimidation would not be tolerated, offensive speech would and should be protected. As CNN's Van Jones has eloquently said, the point of college is to keep you physically safe but intellectually unsafe, to force you to confront ideas that you vehemently disagree with. What we saw in the House hearing this week was the inevitable result of decades of the politicization of universities. America's top colleges are no longer seen as bastions of excellence, but partisan outfits, which means they will keep getting buffeted by these political storms as they emerge. They should abandon this long misadventure into politics, retrain their gaze on their core strengths, and rebuild their reputations as centers of research and learning. You know, there's no way that that's going to happen. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse until, and maybe even after, but until possibly the federal government cuts off federal funding of any kind to these universities that allow this kind of crap to go on. And I'm not just talking about the anti-Semitism and the call for genocide of Jews. I'm talking about all the other things, majoring in CRT or whatever the heck, and all these nonsensical things that you just heard discussed by Fareed Zakaria, of all people. We, I'm paying for that. You're paying for that if you live in the United States. It's, out, it's abhorrent. It really is. Now, uh, let, me, um, let me tell you about a poll in the time we have left, because this is pretty amazing. The Wall Street Journal, you've heard of them. They did a poll, head-to-head uh, -head matchups. According to the poll, Nikki Haley, in a hypothetical one-on-one -on -one with Joe Biden, has a 51 to 34 point lead, 17 points. She would cream them, cream them. Um, and by the way, Donald Trump has a four point lead over Biden. 17 point lead. Can you imagine that? Now, I guess, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why she would have a 13, a, a 13 point larger lead than Trump has over Biden, to be honest with you. I think her being picked on by Ramaswamy plays into that a lot. She didn't say a whole lot in the last debate. She's obviously intelligent. I don't agree with a lot of her policies, but she's a strong woman. She has a lot of experience, including foreign policy. She was a governor and the UN the US ambassador to the United Nations. You know, she knows what she's doing. And say what you will about this or that. She's not Joe Biden. She's not Kamala Harris. She's not the, um, you know, the left and whoever they might offer. And I don't know. It's going to be a hell of a hell of an 11 months coming up. <laughs> Folks, you know the deal. Uh, um, uh, Mr. Olborn is next. Jason Olborn. I'm Steve Malsberg. Tomorrow we'll do it again. God willing, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern right here on TNT Radio.